In the month of July 2021, I set a goal to speak with someone from every African country about their countries. My goal was to learn a bit more about countries on the continent, just to learn about simple things like marriage customs, name of cities, food, tribes, those sort of things. And I must say, I have learned a whole lot and I know you would by listening to this series. Now, there are two ways you can support me in achieving this goal. The first way is by listening week in, week out, but not just listening, by sharing the links of these episodes on your social media handles and tagging me at I am on all social media platforms. The second way you can support me is by subscribing and donating to this course. In the coming weeks, you will be able to do so by visiting www.thisisalsoafrica.com. It's me saying thank you already. Now let's get into the discussion. Now on this week's episode of the podcast, which is the first in the Leicester Africa series, I had an amazing discussion with Dr. Unde from Cameroon. We spoke about things like the land dispute between Nigeria and Cameroon, why Cameroon speaks English and French. We went back in history to dig out the unique colonization story of the country of Cameroon is so much knowledge embedded in less than one hour discussion. I believe and I'm truly convinced you would love every bit, every second of it. Are you ready for this? Hello, my name is Dayo Moyo from Lagos, Nigeria. What's your name? Where are you speaking to me from today? And where are you from originally? Okay, I am De Samuel, Dr. De. I'm speaking to you from South Africa, and I'm originally from Cameroon. Right. Welcome to This is the Future. Thank you, sir. Right. Um, let me start this way. I usually like to start with the name of, of my guest. The reason for that is because I believe that name is identity, and name is very important. So if you do not mind, um, can you tell me the meaning of your native name, and if you have any other native name? It stands for twins, people that are supposed to be twins. Oh, oh, all right, all right, I heard you now. Now, I say, as mm. someone from Nigeria, um, growing up, and I think like this would be the same experience for any young Nigerian who is like interested in national sports. Cameroon is one country that I grew up with because Nigeria and Cameroon met again and again and again in the African Nations Cup. And um, in Nigeria, Eto is someone who is very popular because we met him again and again, and also he played for, for Barcelona. I just want to know, does Eto have that kind of um, aura or importance in, in the country of Cameroon too? Yes, sir. Right. He's a figure. Yeah, a star is a figure in Cameroon that is well-respected and very appreciated by especially the youth now talk to me another thing I, i'm trying to wrap my head around especially when i um, consider a country like cameroon is that i understand that some part of cameroon speak french some part of cameroon speak english what how is that dynamics what happened that caused that dynamic and if you can if you do not mind um, who colonized or what country colonized Cameroon? Okay, I'm uh, talking about Cameroon or entering into the historical content context. Sorry, Cameroon, let's say, proud to the first world war, 
Cameroon was first a, a German colony. Um, and in 1884, actually, then British, the British started coming to Cameroon, the Portuguese, and but initially it was kind of a German colony prior to the First World War. So when the First World War happened in 1915, 1916, up to 1918, when it ended, the League of Nations took over. Now, remember, Cameroon was a mandatory territory of the then um, League of Nations. Let me use that word. So it was given as a trust, trusteeship territory to British and France, who were the victors of the First World War. So that is where Cameroon got the, in, the, the, the inheritance of both English and French. Now, Cameroon, being a nation proud to 19th 15 was a single nation. But now after the war, now so Cameroon was split into two, which the majority being given to and just a small section being given to the English. So Cameroon has um, uh, 10 regions of which A is predominantly um, French speaking, while just two of those regions are predominantly English speaking. And that can, you can trace that back to the history or to the historical context of Cameroon, which I've just earlier mentioned. Right. Now, but um, aside English and French, is there a language that cuts across board? Um, probably a variant of language. For example, in Lagos, Nigeria, we have various native language and there's English, but we also have Pidgin, which is something like, whether in the North, East, West, it's something that you can speak and everybody kind of understand, literate or illiterate. Is there a language that cuts across across board? Okay, um, um, Cameroon is the most diverse nation in the world. We have almost 240 to 250 ethnic groups in Cameroon, which speak different languages, meaning you can travel for less than a kilo or let's say five kilometers you meet a tribe that speak a total different language from the other, just traveling for, let's say, less than five kilometers. But on top of that, Cameroon also, Pidgin English is a well-spoken um, lingua franca in Cameroon, probably also due to the, the colonial influences because it was a language that was developed along the coastal regions. In, and remember, Cameroon is one of those countries that actually had highest number of slave trade being transported to the Americas and Europe. So obviously that, that lingua franca, which is pidgin English also is widely spoken. And I think it's one of the most unified um, uh, languages in Cameroon, if I may put it that way in quotes. But generally, um, uh, a part of the, the different um, ethnic groups, we, our national language is English and French, which all Cameroonian by law are supposed to speak, but which is not the case. And on top of that, they have the pidgin that has also had a strong influence in Cameroon, especially um, the regions along the coastal areas of Cameroon. Now, there's also something as a Nigerian that brought Cameroon up, especially considering the relationship between Nigeria and Cameroon, and that's Bakasi. I don't know if you are aware of that. Is Bakasi an English-speaking country? Because I, I think it shares border with, with Nigeria 
and there's this thing where people in fact currently i have a friend who um kind of crossed the border from nigeria into bakasi the question i would like to ask is bakasi is it an english-speaking country and then when bakasi used to be with nigeria and then became a um a region that was recognized as a cameroonian region is there any um cultural difference between bakasi and other parts of cameroon so to say um bakasi is not a region let me correct that okay bakasi is a territory that was handed over to cameroon under the reign of um uh, was that the nigerian president again i'm Obasanjo. trying to remember his obasanjo Yes. Now, and they, they, it was handed over, I think, in the United States during yeah. the peace um, uh, tree agreement. Yeah. So, but now Bakasi is situated um, uh, in the southwest region of Cameroon. Now, as I earlier said, Cameroon has 10 regions. Two of those regions are English speaking, which is the northwest and the southwest. So now Bakasi is part of the southwest. It's within the southwest region of Cameroon. It's a territory. So is Bakasi now is in the southwest. So it's not a region on its own. Now, okay. now we know that um, uh, some of some of the regulation of that treaty of handing over Bakasi to Cameroon because Bakasi was predominantly um, occupied by Nigerians. So there was a time. I think there was a referendum. I think so that was conducted to ask the Nigerians, if I'm not mistaken, to if they would like to be part of cameroon or they would like to move to nigeria and there was a time period given for those nigerians and also there was i think there was this autonomy given to them that they can they, they had this special status that permitted them to neither be nigerians or cameroon cameroonians for a, a certain period of time before choosing right. and i think that has been the case but we know that some of these policies that are being enacted are not usually respected at the grassroots level. Right. Meaning, um, if we have to look at the individual Nigerians, because it was predominantly dominated by Nigerians, especially fishermen, because Bakasi is, is kind of um, an open to the ocean area. So they were doing a lot of fishing, and some of them, they were born in that place, they grew up in that place. So now forcing them to become either or become Cameroonian was kind of problematic, which sometimes we hear, but we know that that territory was handed over to Cameroon, meaning everything on that territory becomes Cameroon, but the people at that time had some self-autonomy over a time period to decide whether they would like to go back to Nigeria or they become, they will be, let me use this word in quote, assimilated right. to become Cameroonian. Right, I get that. Now, you've mentioned again and again that um, there are regions in Cameroon. You said there are 10 regions. Um, does that mean that Cameroon is divided into regions and not states? And if that's the yes. case, was okay, definitely. Now, the question is, what's the capital of Cameroon? Is there, I know like in South Africa, even in Nigeria, we have the probably legislative capital. I think that is more pro profound in South Africa. And then you have those kind of economic capital is there is that the case for cameroon also and can you just take me through the most important towns in cameroon okay um cameroon the political capital of cameroon is yaoundé 
and the economic capital is Douala. But if you have to look at the story of Cameroon and looking at the capital, remember um, initially, as I said earlier on, Cameroon, if you want to understand Cameroon as a territory or as a country, you need to understand the historical context of Cameroon, which date back to the time where the British and the French um, uh, were ruling Cameroon as two independent countries. So it is only after when the British and the French, okay, left or the British left and the French left that Cameroon now started when Cameroon gets in independence, so there was need for unification. Right. Now that unification meaning it brought together the Anglophone and the Francophone. And then the first president then was Amadou Ayujo, which and other leaders from Southern Cameroon and, um, and French Cameroon that came together to become a, a united, a unitary state of Cameroon. And then from our first president, our second president, which is in power today, Paul Bia took over. So now, talking about answering your question, yes, we have the political capital, which is Yaoundé. We have the um, economic capital, which is Douala. But if you have to look at it within the historical context, you might have to stress because the Southern Cameroon had their own headquarters and the French Cameroon had their own headquarters. Wow. But Cameroon now became a territory or a unified country, let me use that word. So the capital of Cameroon became Yaoundé and the economic capital is Douala. And now we have other major cities or town in Cameroon like Boya, which, and we have the famous Mount Fako, and which is part of the Southwest, which I've earlier mentioned which, where Bakasi is situated. And then we have also other provinces like um, at the Northwest, we have the North regions, Marwa, Garwa, Gaoundere, and those are the major, like, because Cameroon being a region, but if you have to look at it in terms of development, I think in terms of infrastructural development, you, uh, I think it is Douala and Yaoundé predominantly. Right. Now, what system of government do you, do you practice in Cameroon? Um, I don't want to say a democratic system of government, but in papers, it's called a democratic system of government. And I want you to bring this into context. The system of, okay, I know that Nigeria um, functions under a federal kind of state. Yes. The Cameroon does not function under a federal kind of state. Right. So what does it function under? Um, I think if Cameroon before was functioning under a form of a centralized kind of state, it is now because of the Anglophone wars and right. other upheavals that has been going on in Cameroon that the government now is because now um, uh, Cameroon became a decentralized nation. It was adopted, I think, in 1996, but it never materialized it today that people have started fighting and now they are trying to accelerate the process of decentralization, meaning each region of Cameroon will become autonomous in managing its own resources, a kind of a form of a federal state, but it is not entirely a federal state that operates in Nigeria. It is just a form of a how should I put it? A mini federal state because Cameroon, we say in, in quote, is a decentralized nation. Right, I guess. So when when did you when do you celebrate independence? I know you've mentioned before the uh, first world war and then how the, the the relationship between France and Britain. So at what point do you celebrate um, independence as a nation? To answer that question straight, we, we, we have our 20th May, which we celebrate. 
okay. and we have the 11th February, which we celebrate in Cameroon as the two official dates. The answer to the question, why two, does it now take me back to that history you mentioned about Germany? Exactly. It All takes right. us back to history because now, if we have to come into the history of Cameroon, it's, it's a very complex kind of thing that if we have to talk about, we might spend, you might have to pay school fees because that's already <laughs> lesson history 101. Right. Meaning, we need to talk about the Southern Cameroon because the year the Southern Cameroon gained its independence is totally different from the year the French Cameroon gained its independence. Because remember, the Southern Cameroon was governed by the British and the French Cameroon by the French. Yeah. So the day it gets independent from the British was totally different from the day it got independent from the French. But after that, there was a unified um, uh, um, a Congress that happened in 1972 that brought Cameroonians at one, as one. And then the year, the, the, the 11th February, which is highly celebrated in Cameroon as the UD, actually, it was the day that Cameroon lost part of its territory, this northern territory to Nigeria. So right. that day, we, in as much as we call it a, a, a youth day, actually, if you have to look at it within the historical context, it's not a youth day. It was the day that Cameroon lost some of its majority of its population, its territory to Nigeria, because those people voted. Now, when the French left, now the Northern Cameroon was administered separately. And also this brings us also back to the time of Nanzi Azikwe in Cameroon, Southern Cameroon and Nigeria. I know you must have heard about Nan Nanzi Azikwe. Yes, Nanzi Azikwe, yeah. Yeah, those people of the SCNC. So also now remember Southern Cameroon was yeah. administered as part of Nigeria because it was a British territory. Yes, that's So they joined it on, on all those type of historical contexts as well. Right. Yeah. I know that party. Yes, I, I can remember that. But mm. I'll, let me talk about you. You seem to kind of <laughs> have a very good grasp of the history of, of your country. Let's talk about you as an individual for a moment. Is it that you studied politics, you studied history, or what, what's your education and background like? I'm an environmental scientist. As I said, I'm a doctor. It's just that I have this strong passion. Yes, I did study history. I studied my history because I wanted to know the history of where I'm coming and the history of my territory. And I've always been fascinated by understanding and knowing where I come from because I believe that um, uh, I might say I'm also a pan-Africanist because um, the fundamental problem of Africa in general is Africans don't know who they are and they don't know where they are coming from and they don't know where they are going. And that brings in what we call um, a misplaced identity because we have this misplaced identity culture that, that is what brings about this divide and this colonization and all those type of things. So me coming from Cameroon, I must be able to know the story of where I come from so that if I meet any person, I must be able to defend it. And I think all Africans should also I think know that because when you know your history, it becomes easy for you to know your identity. Right. Now let's talk about education in um, Cameroon. What's education like? What's the system of education for the average Cameroonian? When you talk about the system, now you remember you're talking about a system. Is it the level or the system? Okay, so in Nigeria, for example, we practice a nine six, nine six, is it nine six four? education so nine year of primary basic education and then we have oh. like um 
like six years of secondary school education and like four, five, six years of tertiary education, depending on the course you, you go for. Okay, now in Cameroon, we also practice a six for, you have a six year primary and then you have a seven year secondary. And then now from the university, it goes to three to five to infinity. <laughs> Why do you say infinity? That's yeah, because you know, in Nigeria, let me ask you a question. In Nigeria, how long does it take for uh, somebody to have a PhD? Oh, all right. I think that's an average question. All right. So, like, there's like five years, okay, depending on the course, four, five years of, of bachelor. Then you have like two years of master's. And let's say maybe four years for PhD. I'm not sure. So, give or take yeah. 12, 15 years, depending. Yeah, that's just the same because now we have six, seven, three to degree. Now, if you have to continue now, meaning you have two years for master's and maybe three years for PhD, that's how it's supposed to be. But sometimes you, you can stay in PhD for your life and you give up and you die. Exactly. Yeah, I understand that. Now, talk to me about where you come from. Like, what's your, in terms of the tribe and, and the rest of that, because it will lead me to my next set of questions. So what tribe do you come from and how was growing up like for you? Um, I come from the Northwest part of Cameroon, which is predominantly English speaking. Um, in the Northwest region, the capital being Bamenda, we have um, uh, about seven divisions that make up the Northwest region. And then um, I come from particularly where I come from is called Mizam. And uh, in our tribe, we, we speak um, the language called Gemba. And then, okay, life is pretty the same, you know, like any traditional African society, which is a patriarchal kind of type of society where um, the men goes to work, the women do a lot of, practice a lot of agriculture, which a kind of peasant form of agricultural system and that is the type of agricultural system which we grew up under and also a form of education. So along with our parents, we we'll go to the farm, cultivate especially different types of crops like tuba, um, uh, soccer, and uh, you know, vegetables. And that's just that. And the, life, the cycle continues while going to school. Right. Now, as a follow-up to that question, what's the tradition like in terms of marriage, I know it might be different for different tribes, but um, if you if you want to be specific for your own tribe or general, what's the tradition like in terms of marriage? Um, I think the tradition in terms of marriage, just as you said, of course, is it might be different from one tribe to another. Um, in my tribe, particularly, uh, it is a form of uh, an African type of marriages where. Um, uh, you, there is um, uh, also uh, a form of predominantly polygamous type of society where a man can either get so many wives, but I think um, uh, that culture is also fast disappearing, but uh, the marriages are usually a customary kind of marriage. So basically we have two types of marriages in Cameroon. We have the customary type of marriage and the civil type of marriage. Um, because of the influence of westernization, I think the cultural part of marriage is still there. It, it always holds. It's very important, but it, it's, I think most now people are putting more value to 
the civil type of marriage, which has to go to the court and sign the papers. I think that is that. Oh, wow. Like in Nigeria, uh, what happens is that generally, Fridays would usually be the, what they call um, kind of engagement. I don't know, that's, that's like the name they call it. So engagement is like the traditional part. So for some, mm. for some um, culture, that's the time when you take the, um, the bride prize and the rest to the family and then they perform the traditional rites. Then Saturday would not be the either church wedding or sometimes in Muslim religion, they have the nikah on Friday and then they have the reception. So Friday, Saturday or Thursday, Friday, depending on, on religion and the rest of that. Yeah. yeah, that's also kind of the same in Cameroon. It just also depends on the person, the activity. But for us, the, the traditional marriage can be even in a Friday, in a Saturday, in a Sunday. It just depends on the schedule and the financial situation of each and every individual. So there is, there's no pattern that is followed. Right. But most people would like to adopt the, the Friday type because of the weekend and all that. Right. Now, talking about transportation, I know that... Um, in Africa, it's kind of, we have different names we call um, buses, mini buses in Africa. What's the mode of transportation like in Cameroon? And do you have a special name for the buses or the cab that take people from one point to the other? Okay, we have the inter-province kind of um, uh, travel system that these big 70-seaters they carry people from one um, uh, province to another. And then we have the normal taxis that um, carries is normally due to carry four or yeah, four people, but we know they most often violate that. And then we also now have the predominantly Okada. Um, uh, it also started in Cameroon in the early um, uh, 90s. It was called Ben Sikin. And then I think because of the influence of Nigeria now, most people call it Okada, but the French people call it Bensikin, the Anglophone people call it Okada. I think that word Okada was uh, adopted from Nigeria. Right. Yeah, we call us Okada, so yeah, in, in Nigeria, so it makes sense. Um, I think we are coming gradually to the end of this interview, but if I visit Cameroon, let's say today or tomorrow, what are some places that I must, I must, um, visit before I leave the country in terms of tourist attraction, historical and monumental um, buildings, and um, just things I need to check out before leaving Cameroon. Please, when you come visit Cameroon, call me. I'll be, I, I can be your tourist guide. However, to answer that question, um, remember now, Cameroon is one of those highly diversified countries in the world and in terms of endowed with a lot of natural resources. Now, um, let me take a tour to the Southwest region. You have the famous Mount Fako. That is very good. So let's say you come from Nigeria and let's say you had a business trip in the Southwest. It's just very obvious that you have to go to Mount Fako. That is for the touristic site. There is a monument of, um, of in French, they call it the Saint-Cantenet, like, the 50th anniversary also, that is kind of a, a historical. Then you, when you land to Douala also, you have Aqua, 
which is also very good and is one of those colonial towns in Cameroon with a lot of um, uh, seafood and all those things. Now, let's say you land to Yaoundé now. Okay, you have the National Museum that talks about the history of Cameroon and all those type of things. So then particularly if you are used to, or you are far more interested in traditions, I think you might want to visit the Northwest and the West region of Cameroon where it comes of tradition and cultural heritage. Those are the one predominantly. You see all those ancient kind of fondoms and chiefdoms and sculptures, all those type of things. Now, and also the North region of Cameroon, that is also a mixed combination of Muslims and non um, uh, and Christians. Then you have also the plateaus and the valleys and all those type of interesting kind of. So um, I think in Cameroon, each region is specific based on the natural attractions that are there. So overall, I can't tell you that it is only in Yaoundé that you, anywhere you go in Cameroon, there is that life, that city attraction life that you live and it becomes a wow. Wow, that's interesting. Now, before I go to the final question or the last two questions, I forgot I did not talk about the food. What are the local foods that um, is kind of popular in Cameroon or, or just cut across the different traditions and, or kind of a national food? Tell me about the food as regards to Cameroon. And that is also another complex question because when it comes to the food now, remember, now, these different ethnic groups have their, their specification in terms of food now. But just to give you a cut across, now we go to the Northwest region and the West, there, there is this food called achu, okay. which is prepared from cocoa yam. That is the staple food the people they eat, the majority of the people eat there. And they also eat maize, which is fufu. You must have known that fufu corn. Yes. Then now, that is for the Northwest and the West region. Now, when you come now to the littoral, the littoral are people, we call them the people from the coast, they eat a lot of fish and, and grains. Now, when you go now to the central region, they eat a lot of cassava. Then now when you go back to the north, they eat a lot of grains. So when it comes now to cultural food, and there is this cultural diversity, also that comes with food. Remember now, when there is a diverse popula ethnic population, there is also diversity of food. So when it comes to food, Cameroon has a variety from tuba to grains to, to root type of crops to, you know, stem and all those type of things. Right. But talking about diversity, the Cameroon or probably the capital, is it diverse in terms of a representation of people from different parts of Africa? How diverse is, is it in that, in that sense? Yes, you, you meet a lot of, in Cameroon, you meet a lot of people from Chad. You meet a lot of Nigerians. In fact, they are really there. Now, Nigerians dominate the Southwest, um, uh, the Litora, and the North. You meet them a lot in those areas because remember, Nigerians are kind of, how should I put it, industrious kind of people, like people like to work. Right. So in the Southwest, they dominate in terms of trade and in Litora as well being the economic actor. Now, in the North, they are there in terms of mining. They do a lot of mining, a lot of fishing, and even in the Southwest, a lot of fishing. So you have a lot of Nigerians in Cameroon. You have a lot of people from Chad in Cameroon. You have a lot of people from Central Africa Republic in Cameroon. Now, most of them, they dominate in regions of interest in terms of what they are looking for. Like when you come to 
to Douala, which is the economic capital, you meet a lot of people from Central African Republic that are there to do business. A lot of Nigerians that are there to do business. Now, when you go to the, to the Southwest, you meet a lot of Nigerians that do business and fishing. Now you meet less other nationals. Now, when you go now to the North, you meet a lot of Chadians there, people from Chad and Nigerians as well, that do businesses there. Now, when you come now to the central region, now you meet people from Benin because they, we have the National School of Statistics in Cameroon that people from Benin always come there to study. Wow. So all this diversity brings people from different nations. You kind of find a blend of people from Chad, people from Central Africa Republic, people from Gabon, people from Nigeria that are all residing now Okay, from foreign, I don't want to talk about Chinese because they are also everywhere. Right, right. But Cameroon is in Central Africa, am I right? Yes. Then lastly, before I let you go, this is also a question I ask every guest um, that come to speak to me about their country is, I would like you to say, or I think the best way to ask it is, can you say, I love Africa in your native language? Makongo, Africa. Thank you very much for finding time to be with me on this is the future i really appreciate it you're welcome yeah have a lovely lovely afternoon sir